Our scripture passage for this morning is from 1 Thessalonians 5, all right? We're working our way through 1 Thessalonians. We're up to chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and we're in a section of the letter where Paul is answering some questions that they have asked. He's uh, talked about some of the things he was interested in communicating, and, and he's shared his heart with them, and now he wants to answer some of the questions they have asked. Last week, Eric dealt with the first one, all right? He talked about, what about our loved ones who have died? What's happening with them? And, and Paul said to the Thessalonians, don't worry, they're with Christ and they're going to come back with Christ and they're not going to miss out on anything, all right? So that, that's all going to be fine. Just, yeah, we grieve because we miss them, but we don't grieve as those without hope. And then he moves on to the next question. He says, all right, they wanted to know when is it going to happen? When will Jesus come back? What's the date? And that's the, that's the question that Paul is answering here in 1 Thessalonians 5, starting at verse 1. Paul says, now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord, and that phrase, the day of the Lord, is a, is a phrase that, that refers to the second coming of Jesus. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like the others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He did this for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as you are, in fact, doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to talk with you today. We, we want to think together this morning, okay? It's at least in the top five, but it is one of the most important because it is the day that, that Jesus ascended into heaven now, and, and the Bible says one day he's going to return, and, and, and that day is going to be monstrous. It's going to be the, the end of human history as we know it. If you think about it, all the way back to when Adam and Eve fell into sin, all the way back to thousands and thousands of years ago, through our time right now, until Jesus Christ comes back, the world is broken. There's sin, there's brokenness, there's sin in me, there's sin in you, and, 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 and that's the way human history is right now. But when Jesus Christ comes back, that's going to change. There's going to be no more death and there's going to be no more pain. It will be, like I say, the end of human history as we know it, it will be one of the most important days in all of human history. And so I want to think about that day with you this morning. I want to ask two questions. The first one will be brief, second one a bit longer. But the first question is this, what's going to happen on that day? Well, what happens when Jesus Christ comes back? Well, some of this Eric dealt with last week, right? He talked about how he'll come back with a loud shout, with a trumpet blast that, that everybody will be able to hear. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Okay, they will, they will rise up. They said that those who have passed away, their, their bodies will rise up. Their spirits will come down with Jesus. The living who are in Christ will be caught up into the air. Right? We'll go up to meet Jesus in the air, and then we'll all come back down. We will all return to earth. And what happens next is the big deal. What happens next is, I think, one of the most challenging things for us to think about. It's what we call the final judgment. 
the final judgment, that time, moment in time where God will gather all people together, you and me, every human being who has ever lived, God will gather us all together and, and he will tell us whether we have been one of his children or not. He will tell us if we have lived the way he calls us to live or not, whether we've been in Christ or not. And it will be powerful. And in some ways, let's just be honest, it's a little bit scary to think about, right? The day of final judgment. <laughs> we need to pay attention to this, folks, because the Bible says it is coming. Paul calls it the day of the Lord, all right? 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 2 says, For you know very well that the, the day of the Lord... The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. This phrase, the day of the Lord, is used 23 different times in the Old Testament, and it always refers to God coming, all right, in salvation and in judgment, but God is coming, and, and it's an important, significant, it is the day that God changes everything. It is the day that God makes all things new. It is the day of God's wrath. It's often called the day of darkness, the day of the Lord. And that day will be either, and again, this just is, this, in some ways, it scares me to think about it, especially as a pastor. The day will either be the best day we've ever had, where we're together with Jesus, we're together with all the loved ones who've gone before, where we get to offer our, our gifts and our lives to Jesus Christ. It, it'll be either the best day ever or the worst day ever, where we experience wrath and punishment. And, and where we, in a sense, what really, I think, where God says to us, fine, you get to have what you've always wanted. You get to have life without me. Friends, that's what the ultimate punishment is, is to be totally cut off from God. And so God, in a sense, on that day will say to that side, he doesn't have to add to it. He says, fine, have it your way. Have life without me. And friends, that will be hell, okay? That's why I say it's one of the most important days in all of human history. The day of Jesus' return. That's what happens. It will be a day of judgment. Well, as you might guess, the Thessalonians, if they knew that, and Paul says, you already know this, all right? They, they wanted to know, okay, so when's it going to happen? <laughs> when is it Jesus going to come back? When is, when is this day of judgment going to happen? Uh, and, 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 and some of it, their motivation would have been several different things. Part of it would have been, you know, how long do we have to wait I want to see my loved ones again. I want to see my child again. I want to see my parent again. I want to see my spouse again. How long do we have to wait, Lord? We want this day to come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? And so that's part of it. I want to know when it is because I, I don't want to have to wait. But also, how much time do we have to make a difference for others in the name of Jesus Christ? How much time do we have to, to love others, to serve others? I have some people I love who don't know Jesus, so I want to know how, 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 how passionate do I need to be about telling them today? I, I, you know, how, how much time do we have to impact others? I, I would imagine that at least some of them had another motivation, one that I know I've kind of felt and I've talked to people about on occasion. And, and so I'd like to know when Jesus is coming back because we don't want to get caught doing something we shouldn't do when Jesus comes back, right? I mean, just kind of a practical thing. I had a, a friend who once told me he was going on a golf weekend and, and with a bunch of his buddies, with, well, three of his buddies, the four of them went. And he said, he said you know, he walks out, and he, and he said to me just before he left, he said, hey, if you get any, any inside information about the second coming of Jesus, call me. These are not the people I want to be with when he comes back, okay? This is not, these are not, I don't want to get kind of swept up uh, with them uh, in, in all whatever is going to happen on there. I want to kind of some distance there. 
if you have parents or grandparents who are old enough, you might be able to ask them and they might be able to tell you, maybe some of you here can remember it as well, but, but, but you know, kind of saying, one of the reasons you were not supposed to go to movies is because they were places that were so full of sin that, again, you didn't want to be there when Jesus came back, right? You didn't want to be in that place when Jesus, when's it going to happen? Because I don't want to be doing anything wrong. If I can know that, then I, I, I don't have to worry about that. That's not such a good motive. The other ones are, though. You say, how, how long do we have to wait? How long? When will Jesus come back? Paul tells us two key things, two truths that we have to remember about the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first one is this. <laughs> we don't know when. Okay, we don't know the day of Jesus' return. We don't know when that day will be when Jesus comes back. Paul probably, as he's writing this, is thinking about words that Jesus himself said. Jesus, God himself in the flesh, Jesus said this in Matthew 24, verse 36. He says, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So if somebody tells you that they know when that day is, if somebody says it's going to be on this date in 2023, you got to just say, hold on, time out. Jesus didn't know, but you did? You want to claim that you know something Jesus said he doesn't know? Are you serious? Come on. No, nobody knows. We don't know the day of Jesus' return. But Paul says we do know some things. Okay, there are some things we can know about that day. We don't know the exact day, but we do know some things. Here's what the text says. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, about when, we do not need to write you, because we don't really know anything, and we've already told you everything we know. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. A thief does not call and say, hey, I'm going to be at your place at 2 o'clock this uh, Saturday morning. A thief doesn't call and let you know when they're coming, right? It doesn't work very well. No thief gets away with it then because then you'd be, no, it, it, you're, you're going to, you don't know when it's going to be. Just like you don't know when a thief is going to show up at your house. It will be surprising to all of us. Even those of us who expect it, there will be a level of surprise, not as much. But even those of us who say, I know Jesus is coming back someday, there will still be, because we don't know when. And so there will be a level of surprise. While people are saying peace and safety, relax, everything's great, calm down, everything's perfect. While people are relaxing and resting, destruction will come on them suddenly. As labor pains on a pregnant woman. Again, you don't know when labor's going to start. Now, in our day, we can say, well, yeah, but we can induce it with a bit, you know, no, we're talking, in a normal case, you don't know, right? You don't know if it's going to be a week late from what we call a due date. You don't know if it's going to be on the due date, if it's going to be a week early, if it's going to be two weeks early, if it's going to be 11 weeks early. You do not know when that labor comes. It comes, and it's just there, and it comes on suddenly, and it's a reality you have to deal with. It will be surprising, and it will be sudden. We don't know when. But we know it will be surprising. We know it will be sudden. And we know one more thing, that they will not escape. It's unavoidable. When Jesus comes back, it's not like we can say, I mean, it's like a woman doesn't get to, and women sometimes do this, and I respect it all. I've never delivered, so. But, you know, before the delivery, it's like, I just want to get this baby out. And then the labor starts. And it's like, I just want this to stop. I don't care. I'll stay pregnant forever. I just hate this. I want... No, friends, it's unavoidable. It starts, it's going to go on, right? It is 
sudden, it is surprising, it is unavoidable. We don't get to say, God, I want to sit out this judgment thing. God, I want to sit out this, this end of times thing. I want to not do that. No, the fact is, it's each and every one of us will be there. Each and every one of us will face it. We don't know when it will be, but we do know some things about it. It's surprising, sudden, it's unavoidable, Paul says. It's just the reality. So that's the first thing Paul says. We do not know the day of Jesus' return. And so that leads to the second thing, and this is the most important thing that he says. He says, then we should always be ready. We should always be ready. We have to live ready every moment of every day. We don't get to know when it is. So Paul is calling the Thessalonians here, and he's calling us to always live ready, to always be ready for Jesus Christ to come back. What does that mean? How can we always be ready? Paul is going to give us some some things that we can do to always be ready. There are going to be two main ones, all right? The first one is that we have to be children of the light or children of the day. We have to be followers of Jesus Christ. He says to us, look, if you belong to Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, then this day will not be a day of destruction and judgment and chaos and, 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 and wrath. It will be a day of grace and truth and love and, and peace, all right? But you, brothers and sisters, 5 verse 4, you brothers and sisters are not in darkness so that they sh- this day should surprise you like a thief. A- again, there will be a level of surprise, but, but we know what's happening. But, but you don't have to be like caught off guard. Because you are all children of the light. You are all children of the day. We do not belong to the darkness. We do not belong to the night. We don't, we don't belong to those things. We are children of the light, children of the day. Paul says, for, for those of you who are children of the light, they, you don't need to worry about it. And Paul says this about them because he knows they had given their lives to Jesus Christ. Back in chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, You turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. You repented of your sins and your selfishness, and you turned to God, and you loved him, and you loved others. They had given their lives to Jesus Christ. And so the first thing we have to do is we must be children of the light. We must give our lives to Jesus Christ. We, we, must, we must have that, that time in our lives where we have just said, God, I give up and I surrender my life to you. If you've never done that and want to talk to me after the service, I'm going to hang around here up front. And, and if you've never done that, then please come and talk to me. But, but first we come in Christ. We become in Christ. We must be children of the light and of the day. But I think it's important what we see next is that Paul doesn't say there, now you're done. No, Paul says, if we really are children of Christ, if we are children of the light, if we are children of the day, we must live as children of the light. We must live as children of the day. It has to make a difference in how we live, not in selfishness, but in love, not in, in condemning everybody else, but, in, but bringing love and grace and, and truth to all those people around us to live as children of the light. Again, verse 5 says, you are all children of the light and children of the day. This is who you are. We do not belong to the night. We do not belong to the darkness. So then, because of that, let us live it out. Let us not be like others who are asleep. Let us live as those who are children of the light. We don't live like everybody else. Yeah, we have to make a a commitment, a, a decision to receive Jesus Christ then we've got to live in the light. We've got to live different lives. To be ready is to live as children of the light, to live as followers of Jesus Christ. What does that look like? 
And here's where Paul's going to give us four things. Four things that we do to be ready every day. Four things that you and I need to do to just be ready to welcome Jesus. I mean, I pray that if Jesus comes back while I'm still alive, that, that I'm doing something I can say, hey, Jesus, can you help me here? I'm loving one of your lost children, or I'm, I'm serving somebody around me. I'm taking care, right? So what does it look like? So then let us not be like others who are asleep. Four things. But let us be awake is the first one, and sober is the second one. Let us be awake. Paul says, you want to be ready? You have to be awake, and you have to be sober. You're asleep, and you're drunk. You're not stopping that thief. You're not ready for to get to face that. Be awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. All right? So let's put these and in, in, in start to, to form a list of our four things. First, to be awake, not asleep. What this is talking about is, is being watchful, living with our eyes open, being alert. You know, again, you can sleep through life. And, and I'm not saying that we don't sleep, and I'm not saying that we don't enjoy life and have fun and whatever, but, but in general, our posture is to always have our eyes open and looking out, I think, for two things, looking out for temptations, to be aware of, of where we're tempted to serve ourselves, not others, where we're tempted to disobey God's words, we're looking out for those things. Be aware that we live in a broken world. Live with that alertness. Live with that awakefulness, that wakefulness, all right? Be awake, not asleep. Looking out for temptations and looking out for opportunities. Looking out for places where you can serve others, by, serve Jesus by serving others. Looking out for those places and opportunities to love, to serve, to give. Friends, we need to be awake. We want to be ready, completely ready when Jesus Christ comes back. We need to be awake, not asleep. We need to be sober, not drunk. And I think this applies to just in general sobriety, but I don't think that's kind of really the main thing that Paul is talking about. I, I think when he's talking about being drunk, he's talking about being self-indulgent. Saying, focus on meeting my own needs. Do whatever feels good to me. Don't be that way. Don't, don't, don't just live trying to get whatever you want and going excess about, about saying it's all about me. It's all about myself. No, to be sober is, is to be self-controlled. To be sober is, is, to be, is to be in control of myself so that I'm ready to serve. It's, I'm, I'm ready to go. People who are drunk are not ready to go. People who are sober are ready to go. So we watch with our eyes. We're ready to go mentally, all right? We're awake, we're sober, and then we're dressed. We're dressed, Paul says. Verse 8, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober once again, putting on, dressing ourselves in what? In faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Be dressed. Be dressed in faith. Be dressed in faith. Be dressed in, 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 in every day putting your, your trust in Jesus Christ. I mean, it's, it's waking up every day and saying, God, help me to remember that nothing's going to happen to me today that you can't handle. God, help me to live in that faith. Help me to live in that trust. Help me to live in that awareness that you are going to take care of me. Give me that faith to know <clears throat> that I don't have to do it myself. Not I, but through Christ in me. Give me that kind of faith. 
so that I can be faithful and love. Again, faith in God, love for each other. That's the one Paul mentions is how we treat each other. Let it be with love, friends. Yes, truth, but, but love is the one that is ultimate. To love the people around us, to love those who are hurting, to struggle. So be dressed in faith and love and hope. I think this is so important. I, I was thinking about these three this week with, with thinking about just the whole last two years. And I thought, you know what the world needs? It needs people who are dressed in faith and love and hope. As we all get more and more tired, as it feels like we're worn out, as it feels like we just want to get cynical about everything and just say, it's not worth it. And then we want to judge each other and criticize each other to say, God, help us as a church, as, as people who are living in the light, help us to be people of faith and love and hope. Help us to be people who look forward to that day, who live knowing that one day it's all going to be new. Paul expands on this last one, all right? He says this in verse 9. He said, God didn't appoint us. We are people of hope. Why? Because God didn't appoint us to suffer wrath. But he appointed us to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't look at the day with fear, but we look at it with hope and joy because we know that through Jesus Christ we have been appointed to receive life salvation all things made new he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep and the asleep there means dead all right it goes back to chapter four <clears throat> but whether we are awake or asleep we may live together with him we live with that hope that says it's going to be okay some of you may remember a story that Tony Campolo used to tell that it's maybe old enough that we can bring it back a little bit. But he talks about going to a church, and it was a gospel church, and it was a, a lively church. And he said the preacher got rolling. And as he got rolling, there was a phrase he kept using over and over and over again. And, and, and the phrase was, was this. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me go on. Let me, I'll come back to that story. All right. Be dressed in faith, hope, and, and, and love, and hope. And then, and then be encouragers. I wanted to say this first, so we'll come back to that. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Okay, so now we go back to the... And, and, and he said, the, the preacher was preaching, and, and he kept using this phrase over and over and over again. And the first part of it was this. He kept saying, it's Friday. It's Friday. He was talking about Friday being the Good Friday, the day of Jesus' death. And, and, and he said, for a lot of you, today is Friday, right? You're struggling. It's a day of pain. It's, it's a day of hurt. It's Friday. That's a reality in this world until Jesus comes back, right? It's Friday. And, and, and a lot of you know what Friday's all about. A lot of you feel like Friday right now. The last two years have been an eternal Friday. It's Friday. Friday is a day of death. Friday is a day of loss. Friday is a day of, of, of brokenness. But the second half of the phrase, but Sunday's coming. But Sunday's coming. Sunday's a day of resurrection. Sunday is a day of hope. Sunday is a day of life. And, 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 and so I just, that phrase, think about it. What if we were a community that when we saw each other, one of us said, it's Friday. And the other one said, but Sunday's coming. What, what if you went to somebody who's struggling tomorrow and you said, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Sunday's it's going to be okay. I know it's tough. It's Friday acknowledges the reality of the brokenness of this world. It's Friday, right? But Sunday's coming. And we live with that hope, and we encourage each other that way. 
to become a community that does that for each other, that points each other to the hope that we have through Jesus Christ, that encourages, that builds each other up. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And I, you know, I mean, God is good all the time, all the time God is good. Those are ways that we encourage each other. And, and I want us to be that kind of a community, community of builder-uppers, a community of encouragers, a community that says, yeah, it's Friday and we take that seriously. But Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. And all that's wrong is going to be made right. And we're going to be together with all those loved ones again. Sunday's coming, friends. Be encouragers. Be builder-uppers. Remind others of faith and love and hope. All right, let's, let's wrap this up. The fact is, when it comes down to it, when I, Jesus is going to come back, all right? Jesus will come back someday. God's word promises it to us. We don't know when. So let's just, friends, live ready every day. Let's love the people around us every day. Let's live with a trust in Jesus Christ every day. Let's be alert to opportunities to serve and to care. And let's encourage each other in hope. Let's build each other up so that when he comes... We get to say, Jesus, can you help us with this? Let's pray together. Father, this is a lot to think about. It's pretty heavy. Um, we don't always understand how it's going to work. We know you love with a love that's even greater than ours. You love the people that, that we love. You love the people that we don't love. And yet there is this day coming where there will be judgment. On the one hand, we don't want that. On the other hand, we do because we want to live in a world without pain and brokenness and sin, and that means judgment has to come. So, Father, help us to live every day ready. Help us to live every day in Christ and for Christ. If anybody here hasn't ever made that decision, Father, I pray your spirit will convict them right now to say, I want to be in Christ. For those of us who have, may your spirit challenge us and encourage us to live ready every single day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.